It's the offseason. Nobody wants to talk about being a loser, but hey, I like to talk about losing once in a while. So we're going to do that here on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. It is great to be here with you for another week, whether it's on the radio show or on the podcast. Great to have you guys on. And if you are on the radio show but sometimes can't always catch us, be sure to find us wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. We are in all of those places. And when you leave me a rating and a review on iTunes and send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, we'll get a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail for you guys. A great way to help us out. We appreciate that tremendously. So I was thinking about the offseason and, you know, uh, different content that we can create for you guys and have some fun as we look forward to the 2021 Big 12 football season, which, thank goodness, is going to be a normal season. Can't wait for that. And I thought, okay, going through the schedules because I'm a nerd and I like to just go through Big 12 football schedules, I thought to myself, geez, when is each Big 12 team going to lose its first game? What is that going to look like? So I said to myself, why don't I do this? I'm going to go through each Big 12 schedule and find out and predict when each Big 12 team is going to lose its first game. So let's get right to it, and let's go in order of teams alphabetically. That is the most equitable way to do it, right? That's the word of the uh, year, equitable, equity, fairness. All right, whatever. Let's get right to it. Let's start with the Baylor Bears. September 25th against Iowa State, that is the first game that Baylor is going to lose this season. They've got an easy start to the year. Texas State, Texas Southern, Kansas. Baylor should be 3-0 after three games. And by the way, that would be more wins than they had last year. They went 2-7 last season, if you recall. They didn't play a non-conference game. It kept getting postponed, pushed back, everything else. So they were 2-7 last year. They will likely, I believe, start out 3-0. But then it gets tough. Week four, they get popped with what's likely to be, I'd say, a top 10 Iowa State Cyclones team coming to Waco. And yeah, the game's at home, uh, but Dave Aranda's group is still rebuilding, figuring out its quarterback situation, and it's just, it's not going to have the firepower on either side of the ball to match the Cyclones. So that's going to be Baylor's first loss of the season, September 25th against Iowa State. For the Iowa State Cyclones, their first loss will be November 6th against Texas. I know, I know, Iowa State fans are all hoping that they're going to be undefeated by the time they take on Oklahoma later in the month. But, you know, remember last year's game against Texas, you know, they barely won that game. They needed a game-winning field goal for it to happen on the road. Uh, This stretch, it's a brutal four-game stretch, all right? They go to Manhattan for Farmageddon. They got Oklahoma State on homecoming weekend. Then it's a road trip to West Virginia followed by a game back at home against Texas. That is a very difficult stretch. you got the emotions of Farmageddon, the emotions of homecoming, a slog of a road trip to West Virginia, and then you come back home to take on Texas. And I know that, you know, Iowa State's never going to overlook Texas, but they are going to be mentally worn down by those three prior games. And Steve Sarkeesian is not the kind of guy, I believe, who's going to be like, yeah, you know, it's just Iowa State. Overlook the Cyclones. Like Tom Herman, uh, part of the reason that he lost his job is that his team did not get up for teams that they should have beaten. They didn't. And the other thing that Steve Sarkeesian is going to have by then is a quarterback in his offense who's going to understand it better. 
I'd rather face Texas in September than November because by November, whoever his quarterback is is going to be more comfortable. They will understand his offense far better. And something tells me as well that Texas players are going to want a little bit of a revenge, a little bit of revenge in this game. So Texas will also have been coming off a bye week and then a short road trip to Waco to face a mediocre Baylor team. So combine all this, and I see Iowa State losing its first game November 6th against Texas as what will likely be at that point, if they're still undefeated at that point, which I believe they will be, possibly a top-five team in the country. You know, they're still undefeated on that November 6th matchup against Texas. But that's going to be a very difficult game, and that's when Iowa State loses, I believe, its first game of the season. For the Kansas Jayhawks, September 11th against Coastal Carolina will be their first loss. This Coastal team was top 25 for a lot of last season, and Kansas, well, they uh, they weren't. <laughs> um, normally, it might be considered a bad non-conference loss. It won't be for KU. I'll give them an opening win over South Dakota, but that all ends in week two. For K-State, September 25th is going to be their first loss against Oklahoma State. I'm a little worried about the season opener at Jerry World, but I think the Wildcats can get it done. But when Big 12 play opens up in Stillwater, that is brutal, all right? These two teams have played very close games the past decade. Eight of their past 11 matchups decided by 10 points or less. But the Cowboys are going to be home. One of the stingiest defenses in the conference, an offense that loses firepower but will be overlooked. And I think that Oklahoma State will take care of business at home against Kansas State on September 25th, giving the Wildcats their first loss of the season. For the Oklahoma Sooners, Y2K. What do I mean by that? I believe that Oklahoma will go undefeated into the Big 12 championship game. This will be the first time they will have done that since 2000 when they went on to win the national championship. Lincoln Riley's got himself his Heisman favorite and Spencer Rattler, a quarterback, tons of weapons, but more importantly, the defense. The defense is the best it's been at Oklahoma in over a decade since conference realignment. And uh, yes, the Sooners have had some of these random trip-up games early in the season, K-State, Iowa State. Uh, I'm not getting any sense of that at the moment. I believe they're going to end up at AT&T Stadium for a Big 12 championship game undefeated. And then, yes, it's anybody's guess. But as we predict, the first loss for every Big 12 team in the 2021 season, I am doing this in the regular season leading up to any postseason play. And for the Oklahoma Sooners, I don't see them dropping a game. This team's got too much. Last year was the year to pick off Oklahoma. Last year was the year. Uh, I don't see that happening this year. I really don't. I think this team is just that darn good. All right. The Oklahoma State Cowboys. Their first loss will be October 23rd at Iowa State. It's a tough two-game stretch in mid-October. Oklahoma State has road trips to Texas and Iowa State in back-to-back weeks. They'll be going to Jack Trice Stadium for what is going to be homecoming weekend in Ames. And that makes it that much more difficult. Oklahoma State has won eight of nine against Iowa State. Kudos to Mike Gundy for that. But the Cyclones will get their revenge at home. Um, And that obviously means I think Oklahoma State will beat the Texas Longhorns on the road the week prior. I do believe they can do that and will do that. But on the road against Iowa State after a road trip to Texas, that is a tough one for Gundy's team. And I think they end up 
losing that game in Ames. For the Texas Longhorns, their first loss of the season will come. October 2nd at TCU, Gary Patterson, he owns Texas. TCU is 7-2 and two against the Longhorns um, since they joined the Big 12. And this will only be the fourth game for whoever the Texas starting quarterback is going to be. That's when you want to get Texas. You don't want to get them in November when they've settled into this offense. You want to get them early. All right? And a new quarterback in a new offense sounds ripe for Gary Patterson and that defense to do some serious damage, force a couple of t- key, t- key turnovers, and to win this game at home. I'm, I'm, I'm high on Steve Sarkeesian, but there's going to be a bump or two in the road in his first season running the program, and it's more likely than not to happen in the first half of the season. And I believe that Gary Patterson is going to make one of those losses happen October 2nd. As for TCU, they're next up here. I see TCU losing its first game October 16th at Oklahoma. Um, As good as Gary Patterson is against Texas, as we just mentioned, he underwhelms against the Sooners. He's 1-9 against OU since joining the Big 12, and most of those games have not been close at all. Um, you got emotional games against Texas and Texas Tech in the state, followed by that road trip to Norman. That's going to be a tough stretch for this Frogs team, and they're just not going to keep up against the Sooners in this game. It's going to be Oklahoma winning comfortably and handing TCU its first loss of the season on October 16th in Norman. Then we've got the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Their first loss of the season is going to come September 25th against Texas. Remember last year's crazy game? Texas was down 15 points with three minutes left. Statistically, they had a 0.2% chance of winning the game. Legitimately, a 0.2% chance of winning the game. Well, they won it. Now, Steve Sarkeesian's not going to let those brain farts happen against mediocre competition, which was in many ways the downfall of Tom Herman. Texas is going to be revved up. Big 12 opener, new head coach, rolled to victory against Texas Tech on September 25th. That will be the first loss for the Red Raiders this season. For West Virginia, Mountaineers fans are going to get mad at me for this. And it's not that I don't think the Mountaineers are going to have a very nice season. I believe that they can. I'm curious to see what they do at quarterback. If they made the move to Garrett Green, I would be uh, or wouldn't be upset. All right. I mean, Daggy's a statue back there. And I just don't know if this team can really allow a guy like Jared Daggy to be its quarterback. I think mobility is needed with this team. But I believe the West Virginia loss is going to come in the opener at Maryland. And I hope I'm wrong about this. I really do. I love this uh, Mountaineers program. I love Neil Brown. But uh, they're still going to be figuring things out on offense a little bit. The defense has lost a lot of key pieces, all right? Meantime, Maryland last year ranked second in the Big Ten in yards per play and finished 11th in the league in scoring. What does that tell you? It tells you that they moved the ball well, but they couldn't finish the deal when it came to scoring points. That will change this year for Maryland based on some of what I've read about them. They've got eight starters back on offense, Six starters back on defense. They're at home in the opener. Power five competition. I know it's not a huge road trip going from Morgan down the College Park, but I do believe it's a tougher spot than people might be given West Virginia credit for. Now, the Mountaineers do a great job, by the way, in their non-conference. As bad of a job as teams like Baylor do in the non-conference, scheduling nobody for the most part, uh, it seems like West Virginia's got two power five teams every year in its non-conference. This year, it's Maryland and Virginia Tech. 
I give him an incredible amount of credit for that. But uh, I think that this loss is going to happen in the opener against Maryland, and I would love, absolutely love, to be wrong about that. All right, and I know Baylor fans are like, we're playing BYU this year. I know, I know, and last year wasn't your fault. You know, with that Houston game getting bumped all over the place. I'm just saying, Baylor's got to do a better job moving forward with its non-conference. That's all I'm saying, okay? That's it. That's it. 2019, what was it in 2019? Stephen F. Austin, UTSA, and Rice. Uh, you know, and, and you go back further, it has never been pretty. But God willing, it'll get better, all right? So there you have it. My predictions for the first loss for each Big 12 team this fall. And I know nobody likes to talk about losses this time of the year. But, hey, sometimes you got to have that reality check. That's what you pay us the big bucks for. I know. I know. It's a free show. But just like to play along here. Coming up next, I'll talk about the crazy expansion idea that's getting more traction. But I do want to take a moment out to ask you guys, um, whether it's right now or before you end this podcast uh subscribe to this show and and leave us a rating and a review on itunes and uh, we will send you a free heartland college sports koozie it's my way of saying thank you i'm sending out actually the last uh week or two you guys have been awesome with the ratings and reviews and i'm sending out these koozies left and right because i i really am grateful that you're taking the 30 to 60 seconds that it takes out to leave a rating and a review on itunes and just send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and I'll get a Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail right as it's getting towards summer. You're going to want this koozie, all right? It's got our logo on it, and you get it for free when you leave me a rating and a review because that helps us grow this show, and that's how we've done everything for the last several years with you guys at the grassroots, at the grassroots level. So thanks for all you guys do, and um, let's get to now the Pac-12 and what's going on there. So is the Pac-12 really going to be raiding the Big 12 anytime soon? I'm just not buying it. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. So uh, this week, you saw this report come down from Pete Futak. He is with College Football News, and he's also uh, syndicated by Yahoo Sports and some other folks. And um he put together a piece that now that the Pac-12 has its new uh, commissioner and he's a former MGM Resorts executive, George uh, Kliakoff, he is going to make a serious run at Pac-12 expansion. Now, uh, the Pac-12, first off, is more or less a joke right now. Yeah, they surprise in the NCAA tournament, but when it comes to football, they're they're by far the fifth of the Power Five conferences. There's there's no real debate around that. You want to debate one, two, okay, you can do that. Uh, you want to debate three and four, you can probably do that. Number five of the Power Five conferences is clear as day, no doubt about it, the Pac-12, okay? But uh, Pete Peace talks about how the Pac-12 should or could target four Big 12 teams, Oklahoma, Kansas, Oklahoma State, and Texas Tech. Now, we know that Oklahoma was, according to reports from CBS Sports a few years back, 30 minutes away from leaving the Big 12 for the Pac-12. Like, it, it really did almost happen. But right now, why would Oklahoma want to go to the Pac-12 other than to maybe stick it to Texas or something like that. Is that really beneficial right now for the Oklahoma Sooners? Oh, the prestige of 
the schools being in the Pac-12 with the Stanfords of the world and the USC's of the world and the UCLA's of the world? I, I mean, maybe a couple of nerdy professors would like that. But Oklahoma's got a great thing going right now in the Big 12. You're a national powerhouse, obviously. You've won six straight conference titles. You've played in multiple college football playoffs. I, what does the Pac-12 do for Oklahoma? I get what Oklahoma does for the Pac-12, right? I get it. I understand why the Pac-12 would say, hey, let's go after OU. Let's go after Kansas. Even though football drives the boat here, you know, Kansas, Kansas City media market, KU basketball, you know, it's a blue blood in that sport. Eh, let's go for it. Oklahoma State, maybe a package deal with Oklahoma. Texas Tech, okay, West Texas, start tapping into the Lone Star State. Kind of get that maybe. But, I, I, I mean, these schools in the Big 12 have a good thing going right now. They're all making 40 mil a year, more than the Pac-12 is paying. Then they've got their Tier 3 media rights, which is unique to the Big 12. You basically can sell your Tier 3 media rights, you know, the, uh, the streaming packages, you know, the smaller games. They can do that on their own. Uh, and they're making a boatload of money. They're not making SEC Big 10 money. They're behind them by a few million. But they're right up there in that 40 million plus range. And I don't know about you, but ask any of these Big 12 programs, do they want to go to Oregon State on a Tuesday night for a basketball game? Like, sure, playing USC in football might be kind of fun. It would be a lot of fun. But even that, I you lose a lot of what makes the Big 12 great. Now, I admit I'm coming at this from a very biased perspective, right? I totally understand that. I'm coming at it from a biased perspective. I love this conference. Um, I love the way it's set up right now. I love the regional aspect of it. That doesn't mean that they shouldn't expand. Expansion under the right set of circumstances does make some sense. But having a conference go from Norman, Oklahoma to Los Angeles, California, when there's not much, not much at all, that these schools or these places have in common sports-wise, culturally, any of that. You want to be on that sinking ship? And by the way, the Pac-12 almost didn't play football. They only were forced to because they realized everybody else was doing it. But the Pac-12, because of what's gone on over the past year in this country and the lockdowns in places like California, I mean, they barely had a functioning football season. I really don't want to make it about anything other than uh, college sports, but I'll just put it this way. I would not want to hitch my wagon to the state of California. I mean, you want to talk about a sinking ship in many ways. I, I just, I would not do it. So I get why the Pac-12 and this hotshot MGM guy might be like, yeah, we're going to go to Vegas. We're going to expand Oklahoma, Kansas. Come on down. Like, what are you bringing to the table for us here, guy? That's that's what I want to know. Now, I, I don't want to end up in a situation where the uh, – Big 12 is once again le getting left holding the basket where everybody's expanding, things are changing, conferences are moving around, and the Big 12's like, what do we do? Well, the good thing right now is that Dan Beebe's not in charge, okay? That guy's nowhere to be found, thank goodness. I, I really trust Bob Bowlesby. I don't know what the consensus is from Big 12 fans on Bob Bowlesby, but I've really come to appreciate his steady hand. I do believe that Bowlesby's a guy that, loves this conference, that understands this conference, that wants to see this conference succeed. Heck, he was on 
some people's shortlist to be the next Pac-12 commissioner because, you know, he used to be the AD out there at Stanford. I don't believe that if and when conference realignment does come in the next three, four years, assuming Bob Bowlesby is still in charge, which I hope at this point that he is because you want to have a long-tenured guy in there who understands the landscape, uh, who's not going to get bullied by 80s and uh, presidents and things of that nature. I think Bowlesby, thanks to the length of his tenure, has earned that respect up and down this conference. Like I, I, I do think the Big 12, if we get to that point, should be more aggressive. But one thing I love about this conference right now is the way that it is um, structured, the round robin in football, the double round robin in basketball, the fact that you got one versus two, in the conference championship game, which, by the way, I think many teams are going to start or many conferences are going to start copying soon. All that stuff is great. And uh, Big 12 is in a very good place. The conference is, in many ways, as healthy as it's been since conference realignment uh, 10 years ago now. So I, th- this whole talk, and this is going to keep coming because, you know, a lot of the national media folks uh, who had their coastal biases in college football, whether it's East Coast or or certainly West Coast as well, they're going to be like, yeah, Pac-12, they're going to just snag a couple of Big 12 teams. Well, the Big 12, you know, who cares about the Big 12? No one even knows where Ames, Iowa, Manhattan, Kansas, or Waco, Texas are anyway. Uh, no, that's that's really not what's going on in this conference for those of us that follow it every single day. Coming up, the Athletic Director of the Week in the Big 12 and some more exciting news coming your way. So one of our most read articles of the week, I believe it actually is now our most read article of the week, is about Iowa State Athletic Director Jamie Pollard, who called out the Des Moines Register uh, earlier in the week. So uh, it was a big weekend this past weekend for Iowa State. They had a softball team that clinched an NCAA regional for the first time in 31 years. They had a track star, Wesley Kip II, who became the first male in Big 12 history to ever win three individual events at a single outdoor track championships. That was the 3,000-meter uh, steeplechase, the 5,000-meter, and the 10,000-meter runs. And he was all ticked off because the Des Moines Register uh, didn't cover the softball story or the track story. Instead, they had stories on Iowa track, baseball and softball, plus Iowa State dropping baseball 20 years ago. And Jamie Pollard puts on Twitter, confirms why I canceled the Des Moines Register, insulting the Iowa State softball players. And he also mentions Northern Iowa as well. I guess they got host. But either way, you know, I, I love this from Jamie Pollard. Most ADs would be like as... As the AD at Iowa State, little brother to Iowa, they'd be like, oh, I don't want to poke the bear. I don't want to poke the bear that is, you know, the big, bad Des Moines Register, the paper of record up in Iowa. I don't want to do that. Like, screw it. You guys aren't taking care of us. We're throwing it right back in your face, okay? Now, this is how outlets like Cyclone Fanatic came to be. Cyclone Fanatic does a great job covering um, Iowa State athletics. Great job. Chris Williams, regular on this show. Uh, And it's also how websites like this, Heartland College Sports, came to be. Because I saw a national bias with the SEC and the Big Ten happening, and it wasn't getting any better. So that's why I was like, okay, we're focusing on the Big 12. And yes, we're in part going to be cheerleaders for the Big 12. Now, I'll call it straight, but we are going to represent and support this conference in a way that the national media is not going to do. 
because their heads are so far up the rear ends of the SEC and the Big Ten. So we're not going to just sit around and wait for some attention. We're going to go create that attention, which is what I wanted to do uh, with this website. And, you know, we started from just me and a website and a little bit of money to uh, multiple contributing members to hundreds of thousands of visitors every month, whether it's on the website, the podcast, the radio show, some video that we do. Uh, we're reaching that many people now every single month. And it's also because of you guys spreading that word and spreading that message. But I love this story uh, from Jamie Pollard more so because of what it represents in the changing landscape in media and also that uh, someone is standing up for Iowa State in a way that nobody has in at least, you know, not in my recent memory that I can think of, who said, hell no, we're not playing second fiddle to Iowa we're not here to basically be like, oh, we got a little blurb over here for the softball team. Oh, all right. It's on page 17. Thanks so much, Des Moines Register. No, screw that. We want front page, baby. And um, I respect that about Jamie Pollard. I really do. Really do. By the way, speaking of the things I respect, Baylor is going 100% capacity for football and um, all outdoor sporting events as well, 100% capacity. So I'm telling you guys, the 2021 college football season is going to be bonkers because it's going to be normal. But last year was not normal. This year it's going to be normal. And I, I would love to hear from you, by the way. Hit me up on uh, Twitter, on our Facebook page, search Heartland College Sports, search Pete Mundo, you know, find me in any of those places. I'd love to do a tailgate at a game this year. Now, we've done them in the past. It's been a couple of years. I guess the last one I did, I don't know if I did one in 2019. I did one in, in we did 2018. No, no, no. Yeah, we did 19. So I moved out to Kansas City in uh, 2018. So in 2018, I did a Kansas State tailgate against Mississippi State. And then in 2019, we did Iowa State, but we did it with our friends at Wide Right Natty Light. But, it, you know, that was a downpour of a game against TCU, if you recall. So I drove up to Ames for the day, and it was just it, – it, I mean, it was great. Uh, Levi and those guys at Wide Right Natty Light are good people, very good people. But it was downpouring. The game was delayed because of lightning. I mean, it just um, – it didn't work out like I hoped it would from the standpoint of doing a true Heartland College sports tailgate, but I knew that week the weather was going to stink, so I didn't bother really setting it up as such. But if you've got ideas for a, a good game to be at for the Big 12 this year, please do hit me up um, and note that I am in Kansas City, so I'd like to theoretically drive. But, hey, I mean, wherever the fan base is, wherever you guys say, hey, if you're – let's say you're an Oklahoma fan and you're like, I'm traveling to – I'd have to look at the schedule, but if they're on the road against Kansas State or they're on the road against Iowa State, hey, we'll get a big road crowd for the OU game at Iowa State. We'll get the Iowa State fans as well or vice versa, K-State, K whatever it might be. Um, you know, I'd love to make that work. So please do hit me up on that because it is going to be a normal year, and I love absolutely everything about that. I'm Pete Mundo. Heartland College Sports Weekly is this show. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is the site. Thanks to each and every one of you, and please hit this subscribe button, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. 
hit that subscribe button. And if you're on iTunes, leave me a rating and a review and send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. And I'll get a koozie, a Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail for you guys. You can only get one by leaving a rating and a review. All right, so we appreciate you guys and love you each and every week, and you are helping us grow this show. Can't thank you enough for that, and we'll talk to you soon.